welcome to version two of the virtual cafe. For those of you who were with us last week, you know we got Zoom bombed and decided the best thing to do out of respect for everybody was just to cut the whole thing off and start over again. My guest was Rob Levinson, who is back and kind enough to do a virtual uh, presentation that we are going to record. And, uh, and we'll see about doing a Q&A session at a different time. But I wanted to be sure you all got the most amazing information from Rob. Uh, Rob and I have worked together at edu.com before it turned into edu.com. And he is a great mind, a great friend, and I look forward to hearing what's up with Rob. So thank you so much for being here, Rob, and appreciate your patience through the uh, Zoom bombing. Well, um, you know what they say, if it's not a good time, it's, it's a good story. And that was my good story for the week. So no harm, no foul. You know, it was a good story, I have to say, because I, I think most of us have been reading about Zoom bombing, but to actually have experienced it, and I have to say to experience it in a relatively mild way was better than having it be an actual hate crime, which was some what I'm hearing is happening. Well, I, I will say that the thing that was uh, most perplexing to me is I heard the expletives, but I didn't know if anybody else heard the expletives. So when the first uh, expression came on, I thought to myself, wait, did that, did that happen? <laughs> I'm just going to pretend it didn't happen. And that's why I continued on with my presentation. And then when the second uh, expletive came up, I thought, okay, I still have no idea what's going on here. So. Thank you, Diane, for uh, parachuting in and just shutting that down. You are so welcome. And I, I got emails and phone calls and texts immediately afterwards saying, I really wanted to hear from Rob. So thank you for being oh, here. Cool. Okay. I'm delighted. So Rob, tell me about your professional background. Well, I'll tell you, uh, back in the day, uh, I would have been described as having a checkered career, but it's 2020. So now I'm a solopreneur. And let me tell you how I got there. Um, I started my career in New York on Madison Avenue, working in a PR firm. I was very lucky to work on very high-end lifestyle brands like De Beers and uh, Seagram and Rolls-Royce, etc. I did that for many years, and that's really where I learned how to craft a story and develop messages. Um, a couple years into my PR career, I realized that ad people made more money. So I moved over to the advertising side where I worked on clients like uh, CBS television, BMW, um, the New York Mets, very uh, fun accounts. And that's where I really learned my advertising chops. I then moved to Boston where I opened a contemporary art gallery on Newbury Street. And uh, I did that because I knew sales and marketing and I had an art history background. Did that for several years. Um, and that's when I learned that in order to make money in a gallery, you have to have money. Um, and this was pre-internet, so it was a quiet world, it was a quiet life, and it wasn't enough for me. And that's when the whole dot-com thing and happened and called my name, and, and that's where you and I met, Diane, in 1997 or 8 or something. Uh, and after edu.com, I worked for two other early-stage technology companies, and when they hired me, all they had was a name and a business plan. And I was the person who sat on top of the brand and actually developed the whole narrative positioning 
and I would hire the PR firm, the ad agency, the web development firm, etc. That's when I started my consulting practice. So I have been a, a principal of a consulting firm for going on 20 years. So that's my background. That's 35 years in 45 seconds or less, 10 lives, 10,000 stories. Uh, that is that is my background and what gives me any sort of qualifications to speak to you today. Makes my head spin. That's just fantastic. You've had lots of experiences. Yep. Um, how do you connect the dots from an early career to a brand strategist? That is an excellent question. And what really changed my life was the September 1997 issue of Fast Company Magazine. And on the cover, there was a story called The Brand Called You. And The Brand Called You was an excerpt from a book by Tom Peters, who's best known for writing In Search of Excellence, which is yep. really one of the greatest business books of all time. And I was reading that story and I just want to share a specific quote that really changed my life. And in that article, Tom Peters said, regardless of your age, position, or the business you're in, you must understand the importance of branding. You are the CEO of your own company and your most important job is to be head marketer for the brand called you. It's this simple. You are a brand. You are in charge of your brand. There is no single path to success and there's no right way to create the brand called you except this. Start today or else. Now that was September 1997, 23 years ago. And it was as a result of that story where I realized what I might have thought of a career that had stopped starts, there actually was a continuum throughout. And using my background in PR, where I developed messages and stories and advertising, where I learned positioning and finally brand strategy, I understand how to retroactively look at my life and weave together a story that made it seem like my road from point A to point B was much more strategic and deliberate than it actually was. Wow. So you've said um, brands are like people. So how? Well, that's, that's really interesting because you know, we are such a brand driven culture now. So if you see literally just the logos of certain brands, they have very, very specific associations with you. So uh, if you if you see a Starbucks logo, that brand has certain associations. It, 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 it goes down to the quality of the product, the experience you'll get when you're in those stores. And you can be in Paris or you can be in Newton. Um, it's it's the same experience. You look at Target, they're just down to uh, literally a Target. It doesn't even say their name anymore. People see a logo of the Boston Red Sox and they go apoplectic. So my point is that brands, even though they have specific qualities and products, they have the string, distinct attributes and personalities that some resonate with us more than others. So for example, um, I personally have never stepped foot into a Walmart for no particular reason, because I'm more of like a target person because of the way of the, the brand experience I get when I'm in that store. People more and more realize that brands have distinct personalities and attributes that, that we are attracted to. And so conversely, are people like brands? Oh my God, yes, more than ever. Um, you know, with the advent of technology and certainly social media, um, there is no privacy and everything we say everywhere is being recorded by somebody. In fact, this is being recorded right now. 
if you are in the public eye, or even if you're not in the public eye, you need to have a very specific idea of what you're putting out there in the universe. So for example, during this quarantine, which is obviously just a terrible, terrible situation for everybody, my personal brand is to be upbeat and optimistic. And that's what I want to put out in the world. We all have our tales of woe and we all have our sad stories and we all have our fear, but who wants to hear mine? So my personal brand is putting positivity out in the world. And it's sort of what my, my dad said to me when I was a kid, when I wasn't sure of myself, he'd said, make it till you make it. And that's what my personal brand says. So if you look at uh, people more in the limelight, like a Tom Brady or a Lady Gaga or, 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 or an Oprah, they don't make a single move without thinking, how does this impact my personal brand? That includes everything from who they walk into a room with, the brands that they wear, the venues that they, that they perform. Uh, people need to look at how they will be perceived by people from 360 degree view. And you don't have to be Lady Gaga to, to understand that it's important that you at least have an idea of what you're putting out there in the world. You know, it, when you're telling this, I, I have a reflection in my memory of what I used to live near the Sheraton in Boston. Uh -huh. And one, um, it was my shortcut on cold days because it took you through the Prudential Center. And one day I was walking in to the front door and the doorman was shaking his head as he was looking at a taxi and I couldn't quite figure out what was going on. And when I looked in the taxi had a 20 and he was trying to bribe the doorman into giving him the next ride so the taxi driver didn't have to go to the back of the queue. Right. And when I walked through the Prudential, I'm like, that made me think good of Sheraton. Right. You of know, it was, it was a, and, and it, you know, I mean, it, it was an interesting brand connection moment where I connected good, a good act with a brand. Whereas I guess I could have thought if I saw the guy pocketing the 20 bucks, I'm like, yeah, what can you say? <laughs> no, that, that is an excellent point. And it actually, it's a good segue into uh, what I think is a very good definition of brand. That I was think, my next question. Thank you. <laughs> I, I think that Jeff Bezos was the one who said, your brand is what people say about you after you've left the room. Yeah. Which I, I, I love that and wish I made it up myself. The way that I look at a brand is a brand is the experience living at the intersection of promise and expectation. So when you asked me to speak uh, to the virtual cafe today, Diane, you have an expectation that I'm going to present something that is educative, inspiring, and entertaining. And my personal brand promise is that I'm going to deliver that to you. So that's what, the, that's what to my mind, the definition of brand, the intercession of promise and expectation. And when this is done, you'll have to tell me if I delivered okay. I'm, you always deliver, Rob. So that, talk about that intersection a little bit more. So you've got these, I'm envisioning an actual intersection and you've got these two vehicles coming to the intersection. Yeah. How do you design that brand? Well, the reason why you have an expectation of me is based on your prior experiences with me and what you know of me personally and professionally. Let's talk about specifically personal branding. And the definition that I like to use is that personal branding describes the process by which you differentiate yourself by articulating your unique value proposition, both professionally and personally, and then leveraging it across platforms with a consistent message and an image. And the reason people focus on their personal branding is to enhance your recognition as an expert, establish your credibility, 
advance your career and basically build self-confidence. And that is really the core of what personal branding is all about in my mind, it's self-confidence. Because, and you, Diane, you know this as, an, as a networking expert, how are you going to present yourself when you walk into that room? And if you've done personal branding exercises and you have your messaging and your positioning down, it's very easy to walk into any room anywhere and hold your head held high because you've given it some thought, you're not hunting. Uh, and that's what I hope people can get out of this conversation, some tools to help develop or enhance rather their self-confidence, both personally and professionally. How should the people watching this and listening start branding themselves? I mean, because I, I agree with you. I think a lot of people punt. Oh, completely. A lot of people get very nervous. There are basically three steps to building your per personal brand. And I'm obviously simplifying this. The personal branding workshops that I currently present at universities and for corporations, it came out of the work I did doing branding for global companies. And I realized the same tenants I used to brand the company, I could use to brand an individual as well. So here's the first step that you should take in doing your personal branding exercise. So the first step in developing a personal brand is uh, to do a self audit. And the best way to do that is really take a realistic look at yourself and identify, so what are you really good at? What are your major strengths? And what is a point of differentiation that will distinguish you from the next person? And uh, in my experience, the best way to do that is through qualitative research. And I recommend people do a survey monkey and send it out to people who they respect. And it could be colleagues, it could be friends, coworkers, clients and ask them a series of very specific questions about you as a personal brand questions like you know what do you think i'm best at uh, if you were to describe me in three or four words what would it be would you want to work with me again those kind of questions and if you do a survey monkey and you promise that things will be confidential people will respond and you will learn you will learn how you are perceived in the marketplace yeah. and the reason that's important is that Nine times out of 10, people think more of you than you think of yourself. And that's why it's important to get some objective outside opinions. From that, I recommend developing a SWOT analysis. And for those unfamiliar, a SWOT analysis is a, an exercise that points out for any brand or company, their strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And this is what I do for all my clients. But if you do it for yourself personally, you might realize, well, strength might be that I'm outgoing and I'm confident or I'm garrulous or I'm friendly. You know, a weakness might be that maybe I don't listen enough or, you know, maybe I talk too fast. An opportunity might be, you know, people respond positively to you. So it really, in this step one self audit, you really have to look at yourself and you really have to be honest, but you weigh that against what you hear from the marketplace. That's the first step. From that exercise where you've done your research, uh, I recommend developing a unique value proposition. And basically a unique value proposition is very much like a brand positioning uh, statement for a company. And you basically have to identify who you are, the skills that you offer, benefits one derives by hiring you or choosing you and your point of differentiation. And it really is, uh, it's a very logical linear exercise where you very simply lay out those things. Again, who you are, the skills that you offer, benefits one derives by choosing you and a point of differentiation. 
From those attributes that you've identified for yourself, I recommend developing key messages. And the way you should think about key messages is, if I have a chance to say one thing about someone, this is what I want them to know about me. If I have a chance to say two things, here's a secondary trait, and three things, here's a tertiary trait. So usually the primary message is, you know, my name is Rob and I am a brand strategist and companies hire me when they want to grow or evolve their brand positioning or, or market position. So the skills that I offer are uh, narrative development, mission and vision workshops, taglines, boilerplates, etc. The benefit one derives by choosing me is I help people derive, I help people develop the blueprint they need to develop all their subsequent marketing materials. So once you get your key messages and once you get uh, your positioning, you can help to inform your website, your social media presence, your PR efforts. And a point of differentiation, even though personally I am very long-winded, what my real strength is making a long story short. And I used to tell clients that I could get their positioning down to a tweet, which three or four years ago sounded very funny. Today, I can get it down to a hashtag. It's important to get your positioning down to a hashtag. So and I'm assuming your hashtag is personal branding. No, my hashtag is long story short. Got it. Okay, good. And Continue. Sorry, I interrupted you. That's no, that's quite all right. Uh, the long story short is people don't really read that much anymore and people don't have a big appetite uh, or much patience to get to the end of a story. You've got to make it very succinct uh, and very, very specific. And then the third step of the personal brand is to either go narrow or go wide, but just be consistent. So when you've done your messaging, you've done your positioning that needs to be expressed first and foremost on LinkedIn, but otherwise also on Facebook, Twitter, blogs, podcasts, networking events, industry events, anywhere that people get to observe you and assess you uh, is where you take the learnings from step two. And I just wanna uh, close with uh, focusing on LinkedIn because for me, it is the most uh, important online networking business development tool. And uh, Diana, I know that you are an active uh, user and participant there. And here are just some LinkedIn do's and don'ts that I'd like to share with you all. The first thing is, it's important to have a professional profile picture. So not a picture of you looking pretty at a wedding or someone standing on a beach. <laughs> it needs to be professional, so that is how you perceived. The second thing is to create a real killer description of who you are and what you do and make it unique and make it fun and make it memorable, not just, you know, brand strategist or, you know, whatever whatever role that you have. On LinkedIn, it's important to always personalize your connection request. I get people ask me all the time to connect and not only don't I know who they are, there's not even a hello. So I immediately, I immediately disregard those. It's important to nurture relationships by posting and liking content relevant to your profession. This is, this is really important to support people who do what you do and show that you're following them and support them. The other thing is to make your contact list open to connections so people, that is the purpose of LinkedIn. So if you go on my site, you'll see that I know Diane Darling and you should know that there's an opportunity for us to make a connection for you. And finally, the do's are respond promptly to all messages. So that's the do's to LinkedIn, the don'ts. Obviously, don't ask you don't ask those you don't know well for recommendations. Don't ever criticize or comment negatively in groups that will come back to haunt you. Don't post completely self-serving or overlies commercialized content. 
don't send messages to multiple people and do it without a BCC. So otherwise it doesn't feel personal at all. Don't ask new connections of those who don't need to endorse you. Don't be sarcastic and don't look at LinkedIn like it's a Facebook or a Twitter. So again, I got sort of down in the weeds on LinkedIn, but what I want you to walk away with for your personal branding is there a couple things that you should think about. One, you should definitely be consistent, be relevant, be interesting, be funny, be provocative, be resilient, be passionate, but most of all, be yourself because there is no one else like you on the planet. You are you. And for you to be successful is to package up that personal brand and present it in a way that people can understand and resonate and ultimately choose you. So that's my roadmap to personal branding. Rob, that was absolutely fantastic. You, I, I, I knew you would not disappoint and knew you would deliver and indeed you have. Um, what we will do is we will, I will post this and then I would also, the, so what's the best way for people to get hold of you? I'm assuming your website, um, of course, my website, but really, you know, this is, uh, I'm happy to do it like this. Uh, this presentation is, is very much truncated. I, I usually do hour, hour and a half and I have exercises, etc. But what I really, really uh, enjoy is the interaction, the questions. So if anybody has any questions about personal branding or branding specifically, feel free to email me at rob at letsleverage.com. That's L-E-T-S-L-E-V-E-R-A-G-E.com. And I'd be happy to continue this conversation and answer any questions you have. Great. So this will be posted. Thank you to all of the uh, viewers, listeners, um, people who uh, were participants and will continue to be in the virtual cafe. And um, we'll get this posted. And maybe Rob, what we'll do is we'll get you on for a Q&A for people who certainly will have some questions and I'll ask them to listen to this ahead of time. Thank you so much and have a great day. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay six feet apart. Thanks, Diane. Bye. Bye.